Welcome to Airwaves, the official podcast of the Naval Air Systems Command. I'm your host, Michael Lauren Prue. Today we're on the Airwaves to continue our discussion on the importance of workplace diversity and creating inclusive environments that improve engagement and organizational results. Joining us today virtually from across the sites are four members from NAVAIR's diversity advisory teams from the African-American Pipelines Advisory Team and Women's Initiative Network, we have Vaughn Timms, a management analyst at the Naval Air Technical Data and Engineering Service Command at COMFRC Southwest. We have Justin Grassauer, a mechanical engineer at NOCWD in China Lake and a member of the American Indian Alaskan Native Diversity Advisory Team. Elena Corrigan works with foreign military sales and support equipment and is a member of the Women's Initiative Network. She joins us from NOC AD Lakehurst. And finally, Nancy Manning Moore, a powered ground support equipment mechanic and member of the LGBTQ A advisory team. She joins us from Fleet Readiness Center East in Cherry Point. Thank you all for joining us today. So as we kick off our discussion today, I wanna start with that big question. What does diversity and inclusion mean to you? Vaughn? For me, diversity and inclusion means, you know, acceptance regardless of your differences. You know, inclusion is being made to feel part of genuinely, like you're genuinely part of something, whether it's a social group or a work team. And diversity kind of goes, for me, goes beyond your race, your gender, your sexual orientation. It's, as well, it's your characteristics that you don't learn easily about an individual just by looking at them. It's the things that make them unique, like their background, their life experiences, their attitude, the way they carry themselves and, and lead people. Vaughn, that's a great definition of diversity, the things that make us unique. So Justin, what does diversity and inclusion mean to you? To me, diversity and inclusion is just generally means welcoming and inviting anyone and everyone to join in on whether it's the task at hand, you know, whether it's a social gathering or at work, a brainstorming session. It means seeking out others' opinions and insights and then, and then listening, you know, like actually listening to them. And I really believe that a first step that we can all do to take that is to look people in the eyes and you know, verbally uh, welcome and invite them, hey, come join us, come join me. That's the first step to making that happen. And that's another great point. It's not just about including others, but really listening and valuing their opinions. Elena, your thoughts? Diversity and inclusion to me is a world where diverse ideas and diverse people can come together to create unparalleled innovation. It's about empowering people. Empowerment, that is so important. Nancy, over to you. Being diverse means bringing people of different backgrounds together. And um, that could mean different socioeconomic, ethnic, educational, racial, and sexual backgrounds. Everyone needs to be uh, included in the party. Everyone likes to be included in the party. So Nancy, if we're including everyone in the party and we're creating that diverse organization, what are going to be the benefits? Well, not everybody approaches a problem in, in the same way. The way I might look at something might be different the way that you look at something. But if we can both come to the table and we can lay those cards out, we can see what we have and see the best way to uh, approach and, and solve a particular issue. That's a great point. Our diversity of thoughts and experiences can make us better problem solvers. So Elena, what are your thoughts? What are the benefits of a diverse organization? Innovation. And I say innovation because 
innovation forms from these diverse ideals and these diverse people working together to meet more global needs? I think both Elena and Nancy hit it right on the head. Innovation, you know, when you have a group of people who don't think alike, come from different backgrounds, you get brand new ideas. And that's the, the biggest outcome you can get from diversity is innovation and new ideas. I agree with you all. And just to expound on that, um, it just means more, honestly, more fun, less of the same old, same old, and a larger pool of unique ideas to consider. So there's the potential for better problem solving and just an overall richer experience for everyone. You're right, Justin, diversity is fun. So Fawn, circling back to your thoughts on diversity leading to innovation, how does diversity and inclusion improve our team performance and mission outcomes? Individuals tend to get a sense of pride when they belong to a group, when they belong, whether it's a work group or a social group, they have a, a sense of pride and it kind of changes their work ethic. If they feel like, you know, the team's relying on them to perform a certain task on the job, they tend to take more pride in their work and work a little bit harder. So the outcome, you know, is, is compounded when you have a diverse group. Fawn, how do you think diversity improves decision-making? For me, I think one of the worst things that an organization can do is to put a group of like-minded individuals of similar age, same sex, race, and gender together on a team. One of the things that are likely to happen is you're going to lose perspective. You get one view, which takes into consideration one type of individual. And one of the courses I learned that the word for this is groupthink. It's like the textbook definition of it is a psychological phenomenon that occurs with a group of people in which the desire for harmony and conformity in the group results in an irrational or dysfunctional decision-making outcome. And the part that stands out for me is the dysfunctional decision-making. So if you have a group of people and they all think alike and they all have similar backgrounds, they're going to come to the same conclusion with no new ideas. The other possible outcome is you're, you're going to get absolutely nothing accomplished. I've been on teams of like-minded women of similar backgrounds, and we did not get as much accomplished as I felt like we could have if we had a diverse group. I agree wholeheartedly in what you just said. I have been on teams also that seems like everyone knows how to fry the chicken, and then the chicken gets fried and nothing's changed. You still have crazy fried chicken. Nothing new. No recipe changes. And Nancy, I think that's a great way to put it. It's time for a recipe change. Elena, what would you say are some of the most challenging and rewarding aspects of working on a diverse team? Well, unparalleled innovation, again, innovation, is a major reward. I've always found that people with different backgrounds bring very different ideas, and the intersection of those ideas are what results in diverse solutions. Morale tends to be higher when people are part of diverse teams. They feel valuable, and when they feel valuable, they tend to create and produce more um, creative team outputs. With the rewards, obviously, we have our challenges. I think some of the challenges are within leaders and for leaders and managers to adapt various leadership styles to promote inclusiveness and to overcome any communication barriers. Prior to my time at Navarre, I was a first grade teacher in New York City. As per my education and personal experiences while teaching, inclusion and diversity were never considerations, but more of a way of life. I had to understand the diversity of not only my students, but also my school community and daily parental interactions. 
my classroom it consisted of a very diverse group of children, many of whom were children of United Nations delegates, but also students and children of very socioeconomic backgrounds that were on scholarship. Children didn't see differences. They just wanted an even playing field and to feel included. So at a very basic level, this still applies to adults as well. And that's so true. I think we can all learn a lot from children. Nancy, what would you say are the most challenging and rewarding aspects of working on a diverse team? The most challenging is uh, actually getting someone to hear you and your ideas. And probably the most rewarding thing is when they actually do. And I think that brings us back to inclusion. Why is it important to feel included? Fong, can you share an example of a time when you felt included or not and how that made you feel? I feel like inclusion, it changes people's attitude and their energy towards being productive. It increases their information sharing because you have communication and you're now learning more about each other like on an individual level. And for me, as far as past experiences, when I arrived at NATEC, I joined the Morale and Welfare Committee. And, you know, I kind of sat back and observed my first few months there and I watched as members consistently, you know, dropped off the team. I noticed that team meetings that some people spoke up about new ideas that were kind of ignored or kind of refuted before they were even attempted and kind of had a standard format and a standard way of doing things, the same fundraisers, same events, and, you know, no new ideas were explored, despite, you know, having a diverse group because we did have a diverse group of people on the committee. The next year, I became the vice president and invited everyone to, you know, think of new ways, new things and new ideas that we could come up with for the committee. And instead of um, at the end of meetings, how you go say, does anyone have anything else to add? And then you conclude the meeting. I'll go around the room individually by name and ask everyone, what's your final thought? Because I feel like even if someone was, you know, silent the entire meeting doesn't mean that they didn't have input. We had an older lady that would show up to the meetings and often had her ideas overlooked. This little piece of attention that she got gave her the opportunity to share some ideas. And she had some good ones. One of her ideas was vegetarian options at events because she was a vegetarian. This was something we never considered. And it kind of brought a lot of business to our fundraisers. And since then, her and I have become good friends just from opening a dialogue. I feel that it's important to not just be included, but to go out of your way to make others feel included. Fawn, that's so, that's so important. Going around the room and, and giving someone an individual chance to speak up. Feeling included is so important, whether it's like one-on-one or in a group. You know, we're noticed, someone sees us, you know, we count, we feel celebrated. You know, that means it's safe to be yourself and express yourself. If everyone does feel safe to express themselves and out of their shell and open up, then you are going to get that really nice, diverse, large pot of ideas. Well, depending on how many you're in the group, and you're going to end up, like Fawn said, you know, vegetarian options. Ideas that, that are needed, they're going to come out, and they're going to come up if you give people a safe space to, to open up and express themselves. Well, if you don't feel included, you're not comfortable in your environment. And if you aren't comfortable in your environment, you're not giving your entire being to your program's mission. I agree with uh, everyone else. It's a, a basic need to feel included. You know, as kids, you don't want to play by yourself. You want to have somebody to play with.
And uh, that's the same thing when you become an adult. I mean, you don't want to hang out by yourself. You want to hang out with others. It's a need for social contact, social interaction. It all comes down to that basic need to feel included. So, Justin, what can each of us do to be more inclusive of others, particularly in the workplace? Simply, we must take time to to notice and include others, especially those who may be overlooked often. Simply asking someone their opinion on something that matters to you can encourage others so much that they have a place to speak into something that they know matters to you or that matters to someone. I I volunteered to participate in a uh, cultural change team here at FRC. And uh, I was one of the only wage grade employees on my particular team of engineers. If I were not included on that team, some things that I encountered, they would never have known about because our experiences in the workforce are completely different. So that that inclusion, I feel, helps direct the team to a, a favorable outcome. Asking to be included on the team and then being able to participate on the team and my ideas were valued, That I, I think that was good. And Nancy, you're right. It's kind of back to what we mentioned earlier in the podcast, that our unique experiences are a benefit to the organization. But we have to be willing to share those ideas, speak up, and participate. So, Vaughn, earlier in the podcast, you shared a strategy that you used in a leadership position to pull out from the entire group. So, in your opinion, what can leaders and team members use to improve working relationships to achieve better results? This is my favorite question. <laughs> I feel like I feel like leaders, I mean, you hear it a thousand times, they should lead by example. They should, they should always be showing their appreciation for their employees. Everyone's aware that leadership has these important uh, work priorities. It takes just a couple seconds to you know, stop by and connect with your employees, to see how they're doing, see how this project that you're aware of that they're working on, you know, if they, they need any help. Because the true leader's responsibilities are to tear down barriers and provide resources so that their entire team can be most productive and produce a great product. And when they connect with their team, it kind of gives them a superpower they gain all this knowledge about their people, and they know how to help motivate them, encourage them, break down those barriers, and, and improve progress. And Fawn, I really love that. So building a superpower through connections. I think that's a great way to look at it. Nancy, what are your thoughts? Uh, I think that, that communication is the key to everything. If you hold no meetings and field no questions, the workforce gets the understanding that you and your opinions mean nothing. And then apathy is uh, your mantra. Uh, uninspired workers and ineffective leaders will be the death of any organization. So Nancy, that brings us to the next question. How does diversity and inclusion impact job satisfaction and employee retention? Well, if uh, as an employee, if uh, I'm constantly discounted and any ideas I may have are pushed aside without consideration, there are some people that may seek employment elsewhere. Unfortunately, I know people who this has happened to, and uh, this, this is a great job. You're serving your country, and it takes a lot to push somebody out, but I, I know people have been tired of being discounted, and that's sad. 
You're absolutely right. It is. So, Justin, I'd like to hear your perspective. Well, for me, the first way that diversity impacts job satisfaction and employee retention is by supporting an environment where new and exciting things, different things are happening. For me, this often literally just starts with my senses. Um, simply observing physical differences such as skin color or complexion or even the sound of different voices or dialects, it makes work exciting and more enjoyable. I personally just get happy and feel good when I get to interact with someone who's you know really different than me. The second way, not always, but many times, if someone looks or sounds or acts different than normal, then they view and think in a different way than normal as well. We all know that complacency kills. Going back to what we said earlier with groupthink, if we all look and talk and sound the same, then complacency and boredom may set in. Surrounding ourselves with different people is a logical way to stimulate that fresh thinking and relevant problem solving. So when we're part of a team, we're all working together to accomplish an important goal or solve a relevant issue. It feels good, gives us a sense of satisfaction and importance, and that's the kind of stuff that retains employees when we, when we feel good and we feel valued and we enjoy what we're doing and everything's just great like that. So obviously lots of amazing benefits to having a diverse and inclusive workplace. So now that's a tough question, and Nancy, I'm going to toss this one to you. But what are some of the barriers to diversity and inclusion, and how do we address those barriers? Unfortunately, a lot of uh, the barriers are systematic in management. Management sets the tone. So if you have uh, managers or people in leadership that uh, don't value, don't request insight from a variety of uh, different folks from differing backgrounds, like we were talking about earlier, group think that winds up being bad for the organization. People who don't feel valued may seek employment elsewhere or uh, apathy sets in. So I think Management is the key, communicating with employees what their goals are and getting everybody to work together towards achieving those goals. That's a great point. It is important that we communicate and set an inclusive tone within the organization. Elena, what are your thoughts? I think some of the barriers we have lie within education. Education with our managers and education with our civilian workforce. If our managers aren't given the correct tools to lead teams with inclusion, then they're not going to be able to lead in an inclusive way. So I think some, some examples at a very uh, simple level could be fostering early STEM talent in diverse communities with scholarships and internships. I know a lot of the members on this call today discuss sharing an eating playing field and allowing for teammates to actually voice their opinions and become the next level of managers and leaders. So maybe education not only within the managers, but the workforce is where we need to start. Well, the U.S. military has been a leader in integrating not only the sexes and people of color and now the LGBTQ plus communities. All of our support, military support structures should also see that same change, be that face. I've kind of coined the phrase myself, maybe maybe myself, I call it the inertia of change. 
it's not a new idea. It's one of the Newton's laws of physics. An object will tend to do what it's doing unless an outside force acts on it. Like Nancy was saying, with you know systematic ways and and programs with management and stuff like that, it's really susceptible to kind of the inertia of change. In order to do anything different, you know, well, there's there's a code, there's a conduct, there's a routine, there, there's all these things that that we're so used to doing, and, and it, it is hard. It is hard to change. So I feel like one of the one of the major barriers to diversity and inclusion is just that attitude that, you know, I know what I'm doing here. I don't need anyone. You know, we don't need anyone coming in here and showing us how to do our job. You know, we got this. We don't really need any help or, or, or advice from outside the group. And sometimes for me personally, my pride gets in the way. If I feel like, you know, I, I feel like I just know I'm the best one for this job and I really know what I'm doing. I don't really want to listen to, to other people, you know, because I, I know I can do a great job. And, you know, that's, com that's comfortable, that's normal, but, you know, life's not about being comfortable and normal. And so we just need to, I feel like we just need to get over our pride and, you know, you know take a leap of faith, invite someone new in. For me, it comes down to taking a leap of faith and, and trying something new and hoping for hoping for a good result in that. Justin, I think you're right. I, I think sometimes it's hard to accept change and be open to others' ideas, but it's like the saying goes, two heads are better than one. Well, there again, if you keep getting your uh, management from the same bullpen, you're gonna keep getting the same results. You need new blood, something different, something to shake it up, someone to help lead the way. Agree. I agree with that. I'd just like to comment on, I believe it was uh, what Fawn was saying about um, volunteering at the MWR. I, I would hope that in a lot of situations where there is kind of a susceptibility to the same old, same old with, with management and with hiring, Someone that notices, someone that's a little bit further down the chain of authority that notices and says, "Hey, something needs to happen here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna step up and I'm gonna go for that management position, or maybe, maybe I'll, maybe I'll have a talk with them and just, just go for it and try talking to them and just someone stepping up and saying, "Hey, I'm just gonna go out on a limb here and try to be the one to initiate the change." Sometimes that can be so scary, but I like what she said about I'm going to become the vice president of this club because I know change is needed. So that's one way that we can get changes for me to get in there and kind of start changing things up. He brought up such a good point, and that's one of the things that is a barrier that people tend to ignore because they feel like it's something they can't overcome. You know, in our organization right now, we provide aircraft maintenance support, and the majority of the support that we provide is male-dominated. And, you know, everyone's so like, well, that's all the talent we have out there, so that's all that we can hire. But there are ways that we could do better. We could start programs that develop women or develop a diverse group of people so that we can get that diversity in. From, we were creating it. Instead of searching for it, if you know it's not available, create the diversity. We tend to hit the bottlenecks and move on and say it's something that we can't get past when there are ideas coming from a diverse group of people, ideas that, you know, can propel us forward. Absolutely love this discussion. And it kind of throws us into the next question. As we move past the barriers, how do we promote inclusion, collaboration, and trust on a team? Justin? All I have to say about, about this topic is one small way. It's, it's actually the, the main way. <laughs> it's just a small thing I can do to promote inclusion and trust on our small team 
is by setting the tone for conversations, like when we have conference calls. So I make a point to often ask, does anyone have any thoughts, feedback, ideas, et cetera? And then when someone shares, rather than immediately jumping to the next topic or, you know, or my response to what they said, I try to make a point and say, thank you for that, so-and-so. It's really good. You know, we appreciate that or something to that effect. So that enforces, in my view, that enforces two truths. You know, one, what you just said was heard and appreciated, and therefore you were heard and you were appreciated. And two, going back to the idea that you've got a place at the table here, this is a safe place to speak freely. Sometimes no feedback can feel like negative feedback. So I never want anyone to have no feedback. And at least those are the ideas that I kind of try to guide me when I when I moderate, just, just when I moderate like a conference call or something like that. I really like that reference to giving everyone a place at the table. So this kind of relates back to the previous podcast we did with Vice Admiral Peters, where he said, having a diverse workforce is not enough. Employee engagement is the ingredient that catalyzes the reaction. So in other words, it's not just about having a diverse team, but appreciating and valuating the diversity of experiences everyone's bringing in. So Vaughn, can you give me your thoughts on this one? Yes, um, in order to promote inclusive inclusivity is to be inclusive, you know, include people at the lowest level. If you're at the lowest level, try to include as big of a group as you can in, in your decision-making. And with regard to being trustworthy, it's do what you say and say what you do. You know, admit your faults, your errors, your shortcomings, and you're not only gonna gain your, like, your team members' trust, but you're gonna gain their support. Justin said something really kind of important earlier. He said, hey, I can admit that if it's something that I'm truly competent on, I feel like I don't need anyone's help. I have all the answers. I have all the ideas. If I was in a meeting with Justin and that's how he started the meeting, I would be more like, okay, this is how he operates. He likes to lay out all the, the, the answers. And if I do have input, I would respond to him in the appropriate way. Hey, Justin, I know that you've already figured all this out, but what do you think about this? But had he not said that, I would shut down in a meeting and not provide any thoughts because I feel like, hey, this guy knows everything. I'm not even going to share my thoughts. Absolutely. Elena, would you like to add something? Well, I think trust comes with understanding your team. What are everyone's strengths? What are their weaknesses? What are their previous experiences in their careers? How long have they been working? And how do they handle these diverse situations when they may be testing their patience and limits. Understanding all those factors allow for a stronger foundation and a greater understanding of how we can utilize our team members. Well, communication is not only being able to talk at a problem, but to be able to listen to others. Yeah. And I think that is lacking at uh, some levels of uh, management to have a, a meeting scheduled every day so we know what's going on, to try to share past ideas, take the role and then say, okay, that's all I got, go to work. Uh, and that's the meeting. And so that already tells you your opinions or your concerns are no concern of mine. And I've been in meetings like that. I've had managers like that. And it does not build a team. As we close out today, I'd like to go around our virtual room to hear your final thoughts. What can each of us do to increase diversity and inclusion at NAVAIR? Elena, we'll start with you. I think manager training and broad education for all, as I mentioned before. 
I think if we give managers the tools and techniques to lead diverse teams, we can foster listening and learning and ultimate inclusion. I think listening, you know, isn't solely sitting down, listening to concerns and hearing what others have to say. It's also observing, observing the overall success or failures within your program. Everyone needs to feel like they're a pillar of one mission and that no job is too small. It's kind of, well, Vice Admiral Peters said in an email I got earlier this week, remember, together we are stronger. So I think that's exactly what we need to do. We need to remember that together everyone achieves more. So Fawn, let's hear your thoughts. What can we do to increase diversity and inclusion at NAVAIR? My answer is really short and sweet. We just need to continue to work at it. It's almost like a marriage. At first, it's, it's the honeymoon phase. It's a great idea, but it's not always easy. So we just need to continue to work at it. I think that's a great comparison. Justin? In regards to promoting diversity and inclusion here at NAVAIR, just taking the time to verbally acknowledge each other and look for people who may not be speaking up and, and encourage them to speak up, encourage others to participate. And finally, Nancy. If you want inclusion, you have to start with yourself. Include others and don't be afraid to uh, put your hand up in the air and uh, say what you feel when you need to. All of you very well said. I want to thank you all for joining us today and sharing your thoughts and insights on diversity and inclusion. We must continue to treat everyone with dignity and respect and recognize that by working together, we are stronger. And that's it for this edition of Airwaves. Thanks for listening.